Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of the Intelliki podcast. I am, as usual, your humble host, Paul Lato, and tonight we're talking about deadly technologies. Now, as some of you know, I am a technologist, I love technology, but I'm also the first to say that not all technology is a good idea. And I've got six technologies that are fucking horrific. They're just an accident waiting to goddamn happen. So I thought I'd take you guys through them and give you a little bit of food for thought next time you think that this is awesome to have. Maybe it's not that awesome to have at all. They really should be put down uh, as a matter of priority. Uh, As usual, the rules of engagement. I don't do research. This is opinion-based podcasting. I do some reading, you know. But overall, it's not really research per se. I swear a lot, fuck shit, us cunt boobs. So if you don't like swearing, this is not for you. And of course, any advice I give works for me. might not work for you, so take it all with a grain of salt. We've also got some awesome music from The Clash, to Franz Ferdinand, to Placebo, to Tupac. So I hope you guys stay with me for the next hour. I hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, I'm going to play a couple songs and be back soon.
somebody else So don't worry yourself, worry yourself The devil's right there, right there in the details And you don't wanna hurt yourself, hurt yourself I'm looking too close
All right, kiddies, we're back. And tonight we're talking about deadly technologies. And I'm going to give you guys two per segment. And the first one I want to talk about, and I, I read about this a while back on an airplane, is weaponized nanotechnology, right? I actually think that nothing could end our reign here on Earth faster than weaponized or really fucked up and severely botched molecular assembling nanotechnology, right? So... It's kind of a threat that stems from two really powerful forces. One is unchecked self-replication, and the other one is exponential growth, right? So a government or a non-state actor or even a, an individual could engineer a kind of microscopic machine that consumes our planet's critical resources at a rapid fire rate while replicating themselves in the process and leaving kind of useless byproducts in their wake, right? And uh, if you talk to kind of residue futurists, they like to call it grey goo, right? So there's this nanotechnologist theorist, a guy called Robert Freitas, uh, and he's brainstormed several possible variations of planet-killing nanotech, right? Including um, aerovores, which is kind of grey dust, right? Which is uh, grey plankton, grey lynchons, so-called biomass killers. And Aerovores could blot out all sunlight, right? Great plankton could consist of seabed-grown replicators that eat up land-based carbon-rich ecology, and grey lichens would destroy land-based geology, and, and of course, biomass killers would attack various organisms, including potentially fucking humans. So according to Freitas, uh, a worst-case scenario of um, what he kind of calls global ecotherapy Ecophagy would take about 20 months, right? So in 20 months, we could have humans dead and planet gone, which he says is plenty of advance warning to mount an effective defense. So by defense, he says, he kind of refers to countermeasures like involving self-replicating nanotechnology or some kind of system that disrupts the internal mechanisms of the nanobots, right? Kind of like a kill switch. Um, Alternatively, we could set up um, active shields in advance. So uh, these active shields would be kind of shields that would stop these, these nanobites kind of, uh, you know, penetrating into them. Although my understanding is that most experts agree that they would be kind of useless, right? You throw enough numbers at it and they'll eventually get through. So um, it, it's an area that seems really cool and you know i've seen movies where they use like nanotechnology into our bodies to kill viruses and things like that the problem is that i think when you create a uh, a life form you almost lose control of that life form instantly especially a replicating life form one becomes two two becomes four four becomes eight etc etc until there's billions of them and unless you have some form of kill switch to, to take that shit out it's a bad bad idea the second one is conscious machines right so it's kind of look everyone kind of agrees that we'll eventually create a machine with full artificial consciousness and we're doing a lot of work in that space you know um we're doing you know uh, neuro learning we're doing machine learning we're doing a lot of things that are pushing us towards that but i think we kind of need to think very seriously about this before we go ahead and do a thing like create a full-blown sentient you know artificial intelligent right because you know, it may actually be very cruel to build a functional brain inside a computer. And that goes for both animal 
and human emulation. So there's this guy, and in 2003, he's a philosopher, his name's Thomas Metzinger, and he argued that it would be horrendously unethical to develop software that can suffer, right? And um, he said, what would you say if someone came along and said, hey, we want to genetically engineer mentally retarded human infants. For reasons of scientific progress, we need infants with certain cognitive and emotional deficits in order to study their postnatal psychological development. We urgently need some funding for this important and innovative kind of research. You would certainly think this was not only an absurd and appalling, but also a dangerous area. It would hopefully not pass any ethics committee in the democratic world. However, what today's ethics committees don't see is how the first machine satisfying minimal sufficient set of constraints for conscious experience could be just like such a mentally retarded infant. They would suffer from all kinds of functional and rep and representational deficits too, but they would now also subjectively experience these deficits. In addition, they would have no political lobby, no representatives in any ethics committee. So I guess what Metzinger was trying to say is that if you're going to create something sentient, you're also going to create feelings. And if you're going to create feelings, then those feelings are going to suffer. Having said that, I, I cannot imagine humanity uh, allowing a machine to have the same rights that humanity has. So what we would be creating would be sentience with all of its positives, but also all of its negatives, and without a way to, I guess, appeal to getting released from those negative feelings. And that in itself can be a really far out idea to have, but it's also, you know, a pretty sad thing to think about that we would create something for our own pleasure that could potentially endure suffering in the process. All right, I'm going to play a couple more songs and we'll be back soon. La, la, la. <laughs> Yo. 
See you. 
All right, we're back. And of course, uh, today we're talking about deadly technologies that should not be invented. And the next one is time travel, right? Now, I'm actually not much of a believer in time travel, right? Because I don't really have proof of it, but it's certainly a possibility. I mean, I'm one of those guys that believes that just because I don't see it, I don't know it, I can't sniff it, smell it, or fuck it, that it doesn't exist because it does. I will say this, right? If it's possible... I really, really hope we stay the fuck away from it, right? I think it would be so just fucking crazily dangerous, right? You watch any sci-fi movie or TV series, right, that deals with contaminated timelines, and this should kind of give you an idea of the potential perils, especially those really nasty paradoxes, right? And even if some form of quantum time travel is possible, in which completely new and discrete timelines are created, the kind of cultural and technological exchange between disparate civilizations, I can't see that shit ending well at all. The problem with time travel is that the moment you go back, if you change anything, it has a domino effect on anything moving forwards. And we're not, I don't think we're kind of smart enough to know which bits to change and which bits not to change. We could potentially wipe out humanity by taking out a key ingredient that we aren't even aware is a key ingredient, right? So as you, as I've said on a number of occasions, I'm, I'm anti-transhumanism, right? I'm anti-technology enhancing humanity. I am for humans being the best humans that they can be and technology being utilized to make us better human beings as opposed to replacing us. So I'm anti-robot, anti-all that shit, right? I see it coming and I don't think it's going to end well. And I think time travel is definitely in that category for me. And uh, another one... I'm really iffy on is uh, mind reading devices, right? The the kind of prospect exists for machines that can read people's thoughts and memories at a distance and without their consent, right? And this likely won't be possible until human brains are more intimately integrated within the web and other communications channels, hence transhumanism, right? But a couple of years ago, for example, scientists from Netherlands, right, they used this brain scan to, to scan data and computer algorithms to determine which letters a person was looking at, right? And uh, this breakthrough kind of hinted at the potential for, a, I guess, a third party, another person to reconstruct human thoughts at an absolutely unheard of, unprecedented level of detail, including what we see, what we think, and what we remember, right? And those kind of devices, if used by some kind of fucked up totalitarian regime or police state, would make life intolerable, right? It would introduce a, a very much an Orwellian world, a 1984 kind of world in which thought crimes could actually be enforced. Again, I, I kind of look at these things and I think as humans, in a lot of ways, the only things that are truly ours are those cubic inches inside our brains, right, that allow us to think, to maintain our own privacy, to maintain our own counsel. 
I don't want someone pointing something at me that tells people what I'm thinking. And I really don't want to know what other people are thinking. If I want to know what other people are thinking, I'll ask them and maybe they'll tell me or maybe they'll tell me to fuck off. But at the end of the day, I think brain reading devices are a shit, shit idea. All right, I'm going to play a couple more songs and uh, we'll be back soon.
are back, and as usual, I'd like to do a shout-out to our show's sponsors. Um, Tracks Restaurants at 533 Nepean Highway, Bomb Beach, Monday nights and Wednesday nights, Palmer night, Thursday nights, steak night, somewhere between 20 and 25 bucks. You get a massive meal and a drink. Go down there, say hi to Jeff and Casey, and get an awesome, awesome meal. Ospet Miners, your trusted pet care alternative at ospetminers.com.au. Call Mr. Kevin Spencer today on 048869738. They do dog walking, pet transport, waste removal, feeding and watering. They administer medications. If you go away, they do security checks. They do bins in and out. You name it, they do it. So go to ospetminers.com.au or call today on 048869738. Doopsis.com, web and application development. My homeboy Ivan at doopsis.com. He does uh, new websites, changes existing websites. He does uh, JavaScript and PHP applications. Uh, he does uh, web development roadmaps, on-page and off-page search engine optimization, everything you need for your web and application development needs. Go to doobsis.com. That's D-O-O-B-S-I-S-S.com. And, of course, Cruise PT. My little brother, Phil, the cruise at Cruise PT. That's C-R-U-Z space PT for personal training. Uh, actually, I think there's a dot .com. Uh, he's on Facebook and he's on um, Instagram. Check him out. Uh, if you've ever wanted to learn to fight and get super fit without getting punched in the face, he is your man. Um, reach out to him. Tell him his big brother sent you and he will look after you. That's Cruz PT. So tonight we're talking about... Um, Technologies that really, really aren't a great idea to have. And another one is uh, autonomous robots designed to kill humans, right? And we saw this in shows like RoboCop. And kind of, I think that the potential for autonomous killing machines is a real scary one. Um, And it's perhaps the one item on tonight's podcast that's already an issue today. And there's a a futurist called Michael Torah who said... We do not yet have a machine that exhibits general intelligence even close to the human level. But human level intelligence is not required for the operation of autonomous robots with lethal capabilities. Building robotic military vehicles of all sorts is already achievable, right? We got robot tanks, aircraft, ships, submarines and humanoid shaped soldiers, as well as drones. Unlike remote controlled drones, military robots could identify targets and destroy them without a human giving the final order to shoot. The dangers of such technology should be obvious, but it goes beyond the immediate threat of friendly fire, incidents in which robots mistakenly kill people from their own side of a conflict or even innocent civilians. The greater danger lurks in the international arms race that could be set off if any nation deploys autonomous military robots. After a few cycles of improvement, The race to develop ever more powerful military robots could cross a threshold in which the latest generation of autonomous military robots would be able to outfight any human-controlled military system. And then, either by accident or by design, humankind might find itself crushed into subservience like the hallowed slaves of Spartan AI overlords. This this is, I guess, something that um, kind of freaks me out a little bit because we have this today right and I think what what I like the idea of humans not dying in war but I I don't I like war even less Um, I think 
when you set a machine to do something like kill a human being and you don't have control, a human controlling that machine, you've got a capacity there for that machine to make some critical mistakes. And people say, yeah, but not if you test the software thoroughly. And I've always said this about software. I'm a security practitioner. And the reason I find vulnerabilities in software is simple. Software is flawed because people are flawed and software is written by people. That means that any human kill, any uh, ro robot kind of military lethal killing machine is going to have software written by a human and humans make mistakes. So the thought of unleashing a fucking RoboCop style, you know, uh, killing machine on a village in Afghanistan petrifies the fuck out of me because how does it know what is a child holding a stick and what is a, you know, jihadi holding a rifle? I think it has, it's definitely something we should not be looking at. Um, and we should, we should, you know, just, just thinking about it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. The next one is weaponized pathogens, and this one scares the absolute shit out of me, right? This is a, another really bad one that's really disturbingly topical, right? Uh, two guys, Ray Kurzweil and Bill Joy, that I've read quite extensively back in 2005, uh, wrote a book called um, uh, The Genomes of Deadly Viruses is kind of a, as kind of a recipe for destruction, right? There's always the possibility that some idiot or fanatical group will take this information and either reconstruct the virus from scratch or modify an existing virus to make it even more virulent and then fucking release it out into the world. Now, in, in a lot of these ways, it's not even nation states that worry me. It's about some fucking guy, you know, with half a brain and the necessary equipment in a garage somewhere in Frankston that accidentally fucks this up and releases it onto the world. And, you know, it's been estimated, for example, that the engineered avian flu could kill half of the world's humans, right? Researchers from China, they combined bird and swine flus to create a mutant airborne viruses. And the idea, of course, is to know the enemy and to develop possible countermeasures before an actual pandemic strikes. But there's always the danger that the virus could escape from the lab and wreak havoc in human populations because, again, it's controlled by humans. Humans make mistakes. Humans are flawed, right? Or that the virus could be weaponized and unleashed, right? There's even a, a scary potential for weaponized genome-specific viruses. These are viruses that specifically attack the human, uh, the human genome, right? So... <coughs> It's time for authorities to start thinking about this real grim possibility before something awful really happens. Um, there was a report by the US foreign policy that ISIS is certainly one group that already appears ready and willing to use this kind of, uh, you know, weaponized pathogen as an attack vector. I'm, I'm probably more scared of this than anything else because you kind of look at it and go, there's not that many people who you know are adverse to doing this there's so many viruses out there and people kind of have this belief that they can control all this shit but then at the end of the day they can't and so what tends to happen is we end up in a situation where we had all the good intentions in the world but in actual fact, it accidentally escaped and we got a 12 monkey style situation and every motherfucker is dead. So, 
all these technologies, you know, as a technologist, I love technology, but some of these technologies should definitely be put down. All right, I'm going to play a couple of songs and uh, we'll be back soon to close off the show. Should I go? If 
say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always tease, tease, tease You're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go Should I stay or should I go now Should I stay or should I go now If I go there will be trouble Decisions bugger me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly whom I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? back and we've reached the end of yet another show and i hope it's given you guys some food for thought there's a lot of technologies that you know some some say that you know social media is a technology that's quite dangerous and it is people have killed themselves over comments on social media there's we need to start looking in our lives at technologies that help and technologies that replace and I'm not big on technologies that replace. I'm big on technologies that help. You know, social media, again, one of my pet peeves, or I use it, but I use it sparingly these days. And it's it should be there to maybe get a message out. It should be there to con- connect with people, but it should not be there to replace connecting with people. You should not be sitting there going, oh, well, I really need to catch up with Bill, but fuck Bill, I'm just going to send him a message on Facebook. It shouldn't be there to bully. It shouldn't be there to um, 
you know, polarize. It should be there to enhance. It should be there to help people reconnect and then move that to a meat space level away from cyberspace. These technologies that I spoke about today go beyond that. They are going to have an adverse effect on humanity. And to me, I like to think that we should be using technology to enhance humanity, not to have a negative effect on it. So have a think about that. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed doing it. We'll be back next week. Meanwhile, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Stay away from deadly technologies. Remember who loves you. Uncle Paulie loves you. And we'll see you next week. Deuces.
I love you more than any man But something's getting in the way I do you harm because I can For the second time today Victims we are not of happenstance But you're a victim all the same Stuck inside a circumstance With your confusion and your blame And when I get drunk You take me home And keep me safe From harm When I get drunk You take me home I ask you for another second chance But then I drink it all away get bellicose when you react full of frustration and dismay I was so delicate when we began so tender when I spoke your name but now I'm nothing but a partisan to my compulsion and my shame and when I get you take me home and keep me safe from harm when I get drunk you take me home I appreciate But in fact it's baleful How I suck you dry 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 I love you more than any man But I seem to lay it all to waste I can with a joke in questionable taste I've such duplicity at my command so I keep on lying to your face then I run away to wonderland 
disappear without a trace when I get drunk. Take me 